these symptoms that we're going to talk about of metabolic and thyroid dysfunction as a result of stress are often the very symptoms that are glorified in our fast-paced culture. All right, guys, welcome back to season two. We are so excited to be back on this platform and sharing this content with you guys. It truly brings us so much joy to do this and really build this unique community of women and men. A lot of you guys have told us that you've been listening to the podcast with your partner, your husband, or your friends um, who are guys, and that makes us so excited. So it's been really cool to build this community of people who are on board with learning something new and just allowing us to be a small part of your health journey. So thank you guys for tuning in. All right, so last time we guys talked, we were going into the summer. Summer is over now. Um, Fallon, how was your summer? Ours was fantastic. Uh, my husband and I got to go on a trip without our kids, and we don't do that like super frequently, but um, we got to go to Cancun to this all-inclusive resort, actually a resort that Corey recommended, which is what's so funny. Um, so we went for like four days and it was this beautiful, like beachfront, just sparkling pools everywhere. I just felt just so pampered and it was the, it was seriously like the honeymoon we never had. We like, didn't take a honeymoon cause we were what, 21 and broke. <laughs> so we didn't do anything extravagant. So this feels like it made up for all of that. Um, you know, that extravagant ex experience that we just like didn't have when we were newlyweds. Yes. And it was actually a really, really special trip because, I have mentioned probably before there were there was a time um, several years ago where like my food was so so limited I could hardly eat anything and I started doing this brain rewiring program called Dynamic Neural Retraining System which I do talk about more on my Instagram if that sounds like something you want to know about but part of what the program does is it has you sort of envision these like future scenarios where you are walking in freedom in, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to sort of overcome. So for me, that was food and not being able to like travel or like eat anything that was not prepared at home. And so I would visualize my husband and I on this beach vacation, like walking the beach and like eating at this restaurant next to the ocean. And no kidding, there was a restaurant next to the ocean at the resort and we ate lunch there every single day. It was one of the most, I mean, my husband laughed at me because I was like, dancing while I was eating and I was just so giddy like you could just see it all over me that I was just so happy and so free and I loved being there and it was this really sweet moment like I legit was <laughs> walking down the beach one morning and just like crying just thinking about the goodness of the Lord and that he actually like put that visualization into my head so many years ago and then we actually did a beach vacation where I like strolled along the beachfront and like ate things that other people made for me and didn't stress out about my food. So it was really, really sweet. It's seriously one of the best things my husband and I have collectively ever, ever done. So that's going in my memories as one of the greatest experiences in my life. So Corey, I have you to thank for that. So thank oh, you. Oh <laughs> um, but I still feel like our summer probably wasn't as epic as yours because you have a really big update to share. <laughs> yeah. And actually, side note, if anyone wants to know what that place was, should we share the name? Oh, for sure. Okay. It's called, it's called the excellence. And it was actually where I honeymooned, where both of my brothers honeymooned. It's, it's kind of this really, um, popular place because it is, you feel like royalty there, but it's actually like pretty reasonable as far as mm -hmm. your, as far as prices. So it's in Cancun. There's several, but I feel like the Cancun one is, is the best. So if you guys want to look up a place to go, it's so romantic. That's, that's the place. But yeah, 
the summer. I, I really don't know how the summer is over. I feel like I like went into a cave and I just have no concept of time anymore. Um, you guys have been there if you've had a child. Um, but yeah, since we last talked or since we last sat here and recorded, I gave birth to a baby girl at home. Her name is Story and she is my HVAC baby. And yeah, that was a wild ride <laughs> having mm-hmm. an HVAC. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, you guys will have to let us know if you want a specific episode on birth at some point, especially considering that both Fallon and I have had HVACs now, which is so crazy to me how our worlds have collided in so many ways. So yes, I'm a mother of two now. I'm getting into the flow of our lives now while we kind of shift focus from my business to my husband's business. Um, we both work from home and are both you know, content creators. So this time last year, we were really focused on my business as I was building out my course, but it's just been this really beautiful shift into a season of kind of rest and digest, uh, kind of a hint into our what, <laughs> what our episode will, <laughs> will be on today, but a season of rest and digest um, instead of creation and just supporting my husband on his endeavors now. And he's developing a pretty epic homeschool product, but that's all I'll share about that for now. Um, but Fallon, you have a very exciting announcement for us. So speaking of products, tell us about that. Yes. So Secret is out on my Instagram, but I am going to launch a make-ahead focused cookbook before the end of the year. And I can't say that I have an exact date yet. Basically <laughs> sometime between October and December is as specific as I feel comfortable with at this point. But I really am like ridiculously excited for it because, you know, I do have the meal plans, um, which feel like my baby. I love them so much. They focus more on getting specific macronutrient balances and have, you know, sourcing and brand guides, which I don't doubt that I'll include in this one too. That's just kind of my thing. (laughs) Um, And the meal plans have almost 40 recipes, but they're all catered to fit, you know, within a macro goal, which I love. I'm so happy with that. But the cookbook feels like I get to play a little bit more. It's hugely different creatively, and I love that. Um, This weekend, in fact, I got to add on like a ramen, like a pro-metabolic ramen and pro-metabolic baked mac and cheese recipe. So I'm super excited just for everything that's going in it. Like I cannot even explain my excitement. Um, But moving on from that, today we're going to talk about stress hormones. So first, I want to give us a really specific definition of stress. Because it's actually much more than most of us would probably imagine. Uh, We typically think of stress in terms of like an exact situation. You know, like my kids were crazy and I feel stressed or my family is, you know, being really difficult right now. So I feel stressed. And we're imagining the emotional and mental picture of stress first. But the true definition of stress is the body's response to changes or demands. And that's going to include quite a bit. So yes, stress is definitely caused by jobs families, et cetera, but it's also caused by under eating, by not getting enough calories, not getting enough nutrients or minerals. It's caused by environmental toxins, you know, from things like cleaning supplies, makeup, candles, mold exposure, flame retardants, paint, food additives, medications, pharmaceuticals. Um, It's caused by fasted cardio and over-exercise, things like EMF exposure, cell phone exposure, um, poor sunlight exposure, And then it can be caused by lack of movement, poorly filtered water, not getting enough sleep. Um, As you can tell, the list really does go on and on. And I don't want to stress you out more by hearing this, (laughs) but stress is obviously caused by a whole lot of things. And we have to acknowledge that truth as we start this discussion around stress and stress hormones, because, you know, the way our current medical system is functioning, 
is that stress is merely an emotional problem, but it's really deeper than that. You know, you can't just like deep breathe your way out of it. You have to be nourished. You have to live in a healthy environment and you have to be aware of all of the sources of stress to actually recover from it. Yeah, 100%. Because with what Fallon is saying, our understanding previously of stress was just like, okay, emotional state, but you can have something like estrogen dominance that you don't even realize is happening to you on a chronic level that is creating the stressful environment for your body. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, and we had a, quite a few ideas for what we wanted to talk about for the season opener, you know, for season number two. But really, as soon as this topic came to mind, we were like, yep, this is it, because it's mm-hmm. so relevant. So many of us can relate to what we will be discussing this in this episode, you know, throughout our lives prior to restoring our metabolism and getting our hormones back into balance. Or some of you might be listening and be like, okay, wait, this is me. You are describing me. So we hope that this is um, relatable to you guys and also really simple as far as understanding how stress can affect our lives. But just to list a couple more reasons why we are specifically stoked to talk about this topic in particular are number one, because these symptoms that we're going to talk about of metabolic and thyroid dysfunction as a result of stress are often the very symptoms that are glorified in our fast paced culture. So we will get into these a little more specifically later in the episode, but the busy body lifestyle, the hustle, the coffee o'clock and wine o'clock internet memes that represent you know, functioning off of coffee during the day to upregulate, then switching to beer or wine or liquor at night to downregulate. Um, the idea that you really can't say anything these days without someone getting, you know, greatly triggered, the complete normalization of anxiety. And do not hear that as me pushing aside the severity of mental health issues. But in a time that these are so prominent, um, especially with what's happened over the last, you know, year and a half, two years, We need to be careful not to normalize them instead of recognizing them as the body communicating with us because the definition of normalizing means to bring back to the standard condition or state. Anxiety is communication that we are not in our standard or thriving state, Um, but we live in such a high stress society and have so many chronically stressful things going on around us and so many people are locked into a state of fight or flight and don't recognize the symptoms that our body is communicating with us that we are stressed um, because it's our normal, it's their normal. And so the last thing we would want you guys to do is normalize those symptoms and just say, okay, this is just part of my personality or this is just, this is just me, I just deal with this. This doesn't have to be your standard. That's my point here. So we invite you guys to listen to these symptoms and the rest is really your choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really important to talk about this because it's not just affecting us as adults. You know, we're bombarded with hustle culture pretty much from day one. I mean, you think about the rhythms of a standard school system, like so many of us grew up in, you're in class for what, seven, eight hours a day. You're evaluated for doing well or doing poorly. You've got homework, then extracurriculars, then chores, then you're expected to have friends. (laughs) Then you have to get ready for college and have a job when you're older. And it's literally nonstop throughout most of our adolescence. Um, And then it doesn't stop after that, right? We get like full-time jobs, we become parents, we have kids. So, you know, from the get-go, we're competing to be like the best athlete, the best scholar, the best dancer, you know, have the best GPA, be the best at whatever we're doing. And you have to hustle like crazy to get there because that's the American dream, right? Bust your butt, making something of yourself at all costs. So then we see this adult generation now living off of stress hormones, 
not knowing how to sit still or calm down. We're addicted to technology. We're addicted to success and admiration and achievement. And it's really no wonder we're all like this, right? I mean, look at what we were brought up in. Um, I can literally remember busyness being a competition from the time I was in high school, probably. I mean, we live in a society where we feel defined by how much we have on our plates. And we're always wearing it as a badge of honor and like trying to outdo one another with our commitments. And not to mention, you guys, that many of us listening are probably like 80s and 90s kids. So we were pretty much raised on like Pop-Tarts and Kool-Aid and red food dye. (laughs) So many of us really suffered from all of the terrible dietary guidelines and medical recommendations that were put out during our childhood and then early adult years. And then, of course, when you're a teenager, you know, I think back to my high school years, I felt like I could live off Taco Bell and I wasn't reaping any physical repercussions because I was still skinny. So it was like, I'm fine. I'm so healthy because everything's all about being thin at that age, not health. (laughs) So the point is like we have been inundated with stressors from our very earliest years and probably had no idea at the time. Yeah, I, Fallon and I were laughing at the whole outdoing each other with busyness conversation because I was like, oh, hi, that was me in high school. I totally did mm-hmm. that. Like competing over who stayed up later or who is, you know, who has the most commitments in extracurriculars or multi-sports. And, you know, the, the point that Fallon is really driving home is some of us see this modeled, you know, as such a normal thing at such a young age. So we don't even realize we're doing it and we're just brought up in it. So um, that's kind of the cultural, you know, Uh, environment that we're surrounded in, but also let's dive into where this problem starts physiologically. And to talk about that, we need to talk about the adrenal glands. So you guys are probably familiar with these glands. They sit above the kidneys. Um, You're probably familiar with the adrenals because of the very, very popular diagnosis of adrenal fatigue. And that is actually, wouldn't you say in the functional medicine realm, that's probably where it's more popular as opposed to Western? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's been my experience as well. And I'll elaborate on that in a second. But the adrenal glands and the thyroid, what you guys need to know, um, if you've been listening to the podcast since season one, you understand that the thyroid conducts the metabolism and the adrenal glands and the thyroid are antagonists, okay? Um, Kate Deering uses this analogy in her book that I love and it's so easy to understand. And it's that the main source of power in your body, so if you imagine your, your house, um, sorry, your body is a house, and the main source of power in that house is your thyroid. Your adrenals are the generator, okay? So if you know anything about generators, if you've lived in a place with you know, hurricanes and storms, the generators are not meant to be your main source of power. They are for emergencies. They're for backup, um, acute times, right? But if your power, if your main source of energy is running low all the time, your generator becomes your main source of energy. And that comes with major consequences to your body, especially your hormones, because it wasn't God's design for how the body was meant to thrive all the time. So the generator gets burned out, commonly known as adrenal fatigue or what's diagnosed as adrenal fatigue, meaning, oh, it's a problem with the adrenals. Um, The adrenals are under-functioning or the adrenals are burned out. And I know we mentioned this in a previous podcast episode, But where you'll typically see the treatment for adrenal fatigue being, again, to address just the adrenals, or in this analogy, trying to keep the generator running, why don't we fix the main power source? To focus on the main power source is to kind of zoom out. If you guys can picture just zooming out, looking at the bigger picture, it's a whole body systemic issue. So we should always be looking at the whole body. The main power source is the thyroid. 
you know, or the metabolism and living a lifestyle that optimizes those functions. I love this quote by Dr. Ray Pete. He says, the thyroid is needed for adrenals to function well and adequate cholesterol as raw materials. It's popular to talk about, quote, weak adrenals, but the adrenal cortex regenerates very well. So his conclusion is that low adrenal people are simply low thyroid or deficient in cholesterol or nutrients. And if you are brand new to the topic of cholesterol, go back and listen to our season one. Um, but the idea of the whole body, the thyroid being, you know, what is so important to talk about before we can even talk about adrenals, that's going to be the focus of our episode. So the adrenals are there for times of acute stress, for emergencies. When adrenals are relied on chronically because you are under chronic stress, you are no longer thriving. Because massive hormonal shifts happen if we force our bodies to adapt to our chronic stress. Um, and as our bodies become locked into that sympathetic fight or flight state, we wanna be able to get back to the parasympathetic. Um, so that results in burning through our resources very quickly when we are locked into that state. And there are you know, quite a few stress hormones that can be involved here in being in chronic stress stress, such as serotonin and parathyroid and estrogen. These are all stress hormones, but we are going to primarily focus on adrenaline and cortisol, the two that we are probably most familiar with. And these are the, um, the stress hormones that are released by the adrenals under times of stress. So adrenaline's job is to mobilize glycogen and free fatty acids for energy. And when adrenaline rises, it's supporting your brain and your internal organs, like your heart for survival it's decreasing circulation to your extremities. Um, this is where those cold hands and feet come from that a lot of you guys have been familiar with before you started your metabolism journey. Um, adrenaline is that, well, it's supposed to be that short burst, you know, short-term energy under times of stress. And then Fallon, do you want to talk about cortisol? Yeah. So cortisol is typically supposed to be highest in the morning and then trends downward throughout the day. And it's really important for our blood pressure um, our immune system, blood sugar regulation, and obviously for our ability to handle stress. But when you're under persistent stress, the cortisol release basically just doesn't turn off and then eventually is really difficult to produce, which can functionally lead to a major lack of energy in the morning, insomnia, hard time falling asleep at night, afternoon crashes, night wakings, you know, things we see so frequently in our culture. So the two of these, adrenaline and cortisol, are often referred to as the stress hormones, and they're the ones that people are more familiar with because they really do serve as helpful responses to our perceived stress. But like all hormones, they are not bad in and of themselves. We just have to have them in the correct balance throughout the course of our day, course of our you know, cycle, and then in relation to one another. Yeah, I think it was it was Danny Roddy that has a quote that says that, you know, short term these stress hormones are they they're great, they keep us alive, but long term if we're if we're relying on them, it's like a slow death. Speaking of Danny Roddy, he will be on the podcast for season 2. Super excited about that. A lot of you guys have read his book Hair Like a Fox, so look forward to that episode. Um but when we keep suppressing, you know, big picture, when we keep suppressing and suppressing and suppressing thyroid function, metabolism, and relying on cortisol for our energy, we start craving cortisol because it's like we have to keep coming back to that level of stress to keep us going. So it's kind of craving things that keep us in a heightened state because our body is running on the generator. So that's where we get busy. 
Um, that's where we become addicted to, you know, stressful exercise or not being able to take a day off from the gym. We become addicted to our phones and social media. We become addicted to the hustle. We become addicted to drama. And I know that might sound a little sensational to some of you guys, but it could even be with the kind of entertainment that we watch, not necessarily like going and like stirring the pot with your friends, but that could happen too. Um, it's just like what we are, you know, surrounding our minds with. And if we are moms, maybe we flood our weeks with activities, um, or if we're more of homebodies, maybe we busy ourselves with like cleaning or distraction or anything that just takes us away from just being able to sit and be present with our kids. Um, if you haven't heard Caitlin Engelbert on our podcast about libido, she said, you know, after she kind of went on this metabolism healing journey, she said that every day she had to book and schedule something with her kids to kind of take her away from the house and keep her kind of meeting this baseline uh, of stress each day to keep her going. And back then she wouldn't have called it, she wouldn't have called it stress. Like it doesn't, she's not perceiving that as stress. It didn't feel like stress to her. Um, back then either. But now that she can just sit and be with her kids without grabbing her phone or, 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 you know, booking something with a friend, she's like, oh, okay, wow. Okay. This is what it means to be in a parasympathetic, you know, rest and digest state to be able to just be. Um, I always think of the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. When I think of, of stress hormones, if you guys are not mm -hmm. familiar with that story, it's like Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and able to just listen. And then Mary or Martha was busying herself in the kitchen and just getting frustrated at, you know, that Mary wasn't coming in and helping her. And I'm always just like, Mary's metabolism was popping. Like, I, just, <laughs> um, I just think of like the typical, what we even see in our culture today. Um, that story is so, still so relevant of just like the people that are not able to, or us, you know, when we're not able to just, to just sit and be and be present and stress hormones, that addiction make it harder to do that. So yeah, let's talk about what happens on a physiological level when we start running off of these stress hormones, when we start living off of these stress hormones. We start flying through our resources. We fly through our minerals. We start losing our hair and the outer edges of our eyebrows. That's a common one. We experience digestive distress. We experience immune system weakening, and this can lead to autoimmune disorders. I feel like there's this really big misconception with autoimmune where it's like, my body's attacking me. And like, they believe that, you know, or we're taught that we have this for life, that our body will just attack us for life when really it could just be a weakened immune system from, from stress hormones as well. Um, we could experience low libido because our body is not concerned at all about reproduction. In fact, it's protecting us from reproducing because it's not safe to reproduce whenever stress hormones and danger is what your body is perceiving. Um, PMS, estrogen dominance, um, because our liver detox is impaired. Whenever uh, stress hormones are so imminent, our detoxification um, abilities are severely impaired, and especially with estrogen. We can lose weight really rapidly. This is why people lose weight so quickly on a restrictive diet or weight loss program. You are not just losing fat. You are burning through your muscle, burning through it. Um, and this is why weight loss is such a subjective marker of health and why we like to use ones that are more objective, um, which we will talk about in a second. So let's talk about how we get here, because I think that's what most people are sort of wondering. And it's almost hard to know where to start here, honestly, because there really are so many things like we talked about that impact our stress. But I do think one of the most glaringly obvious and important conversations is that so many of us are really severely undernourished. 
So yes, this does often mean we're not getting enough overall food and calories for many women, especially, but the type of food we're consuming obviously really matters. And so many of us have felt thoroughly confused about what kind of food is actually serving our bodies because of all of the dietary advice we're constantly exposed to. And in recent years, it's been, you know, eat more veggies, eat less sugar, stop eating dairy, drink more water, don't eat fruit. And like none of these pieces of advice have really served us well in terms of nourishment. Um, and the conversation around food has truly become so stressful, right? That it's not surprising that food is one of the biggest contributors to our stress in so many different ways. And if you joined us for season one or follow us on Instagram, you've probably heard us talk about the bioavailability of nutrients, which just boils down to how well your body is utilizing the food we give it. And unfortunately, in recent years, diet culture has basically taken every bioavailable nutrient source, things like dairy, animal protein, fruit, butter, red meat, eggs, and called it bad and has taken all of the less absorbed food like raw greens and nuts and seeds, vegetable oils, fortified grains, and said, yes, eat more of this. Then if this is a new conversation, I do encourage you to look back on some of our old episodes and social media posts and definitely Corey's course because it outlines a lot of that in more depth. And we actually cover a lot of things in the second episode of season one that uh, are really big contributors to this creation of stress hormones. So we're not going to outline like all of that today because we already have. So go back and listen to that because we talk about exercise, toxins, you know, other things that really contribute to our imbalanced metabolisms. And then of course, imbalanced stress hormones as well. Exactly. Yeah. And this is why none of this is a quick fix. None of it is. And if you see one product or, you know, adaptogen, you know, being marketed and sold to you to fix all of these problems, to fix, um, an adrenal issue, a stress hormone issue, run the other way. It is a lifestyle shift to relearn how to support your thyroid, um, and therefore your metabolism. So thinking about the long term. And in reality, you want your body to start thinking about the long term as well, because when it is locked in that state of survival, it's only thinking about present danger. And it honestly senses everything, like every stress as danger to your body. Exercise is danger to your body, and it's trying to conserve and conserve and conserve um, because it's so stressed out. So you want your body to feel safe enough to reproduce and to for your digestion to thrive and it requires your body to go back into a state of rest and digest so let's start you guys off with three steps to kind of hopping off this stress hormone train this stress hormone addiction and getting yourself back getting your life back um then it's so it's kind of funny to phrase it like that because i've seen so many of my core students and even people that have gone through our material for free um, you know, reach out to us and be like, I'm getting to know myself for the first time. Like, hi, nice to meet me. Who is this person? Um, because you can sit with your thoughts and maybe even this will be the first time that you're able to do this in years. Maybe you're like first time in your entire adult season that you're able to just give yourself the opportunity to just be. And I've said this in my Facebook group already, but I think that is the reason why so many in this metabolism community are so big into counseling and therapy and healing wounds and trauma and really examining your childhood story, um, examining your triggers, you know, like really getting to the root of that because they now, when they're, <laughs> when they're, the foundation is stronger and they're able to get off that stress hormone train, they're like, huh, I don't have the ability to self-regulate. Let me learn how to do that, you know? So let's jump into the steps. Step number one would be to balance your blood sugar. This is so crucial, you guys. 
a healthy metabolism is impossible, impossible without balancing your blood sugar. They go hand in hand. Metabolism and blood sugar go hand in hand. They basically describe each other. So when your blood sugar isn't balanced and your liver glycogen stores are low, guess what has to rise to break down your own tissue, to break down your own resources, to produce glucose, AKA energy for your body. If you guess stress hormones, you're exactly right. This is most of the time how people get locked in the, into the cycle in the first place. Sometimes it is literally this simple of imbalanced blood sugar chronically that sends them into the state. Um, because if you're going long periods without eating and you're doing stressful things like exercise or drinking black coffee, which is a metabolic stimulant, um, it induces a stress hormone response when blood sugar is not balanced. So the order of importance is balance your blood sugar first and then introduce things like exercise or drinking coffee. So this is why we stress to never skip breakfast, to eat every 34 hours, to get your bedtime snack in. These meals should have a combination of bioavailable proteins, digestible carbs, and saturated fats for optimal, you know, hormonally supportive meals that you can that you can create. And actually Fallon's free download that is linked in our in our show notes at all times is this really simple list of foods that you can um, kind of wrap your mind around to get to get started in building your plates. Love that. So for the second one, you really have to start thinking about your mineral balances. I know for many of you, this is going to feel like a new conversation, but if, you, if you've had something like an HTMA run, you likely know that your balance of sodium to magnesium is often called the adrenal ratio. And both of these minerals in particular get used at a fairly rapid rate when you are under severe stress. So this is why we see stressed out people crave things like chocolate and chips and salty foods and coffee, et cetera, because their bodies are really crying out for sodium and magnesium. And I do encourage you if you're listening and haven't been through our minerals episode to go back and check that out. But just to give kind of a high level view today, magnesium is a bit hard to come by through food. So you can get it in small amounts and things like a cow, cooked greens, bone broth, and quality coffee. Um, and if you do need quality coffee, by the way, uh, look into the brand Purity, and then you can actually use the code Fallon's Table 20 for a discount. Maybe we can remember to put that in the notes. But magnesium is most often supplemented to get the amount that we need. And I also wouldn't run out and just get whatever magnesium you find at like your local health food store. Corey and I do recommend certain brands on our social platforms, um, inside of our content that are really high quality. Otherwise, we can prioritize both of these minerals through like the basics of metabolic eating, honestly. So things like quality sea salt, cacao powder, bone broth. And I really did design the meal plans with these mineral balances in mind. Um, and then if you're just doing the basics of quality nourishment, like getting lots of ripe fruits and juices, eating lots of animal protein, prioritizing adrenal cocktails, getting minerals in is probably way easier than you think. And I know we've talked about adrenal cocktails before, and I do have a, a really good adrenal creamsicle recipe in the meal plans. It's my favorite. But the basics of an adrenal cocktail are getting a good vitamin C source like orange juice, and then you add in potassium. So from something like coconut water or cream of tartar, and then add in a pinch of sea salt. And that gives you this really nice balance of minerals for your stress response and adrenals. Um, but of course, the adrenal cocktail alone is not magic, you guys. It's a great first step and something you should do daily, but you have to pursue nourishment throughout the day as well. But if you're like, okay, I need a step one, the adrenal cocktail is really wonderful, easy, easy thing for you to do every day. And probably your kids like will love it too. So it can be a whole family thing. Super easy, no brainer. It's so good. It's so delicious. And I love you know, making different combos with it, with 
any, any like high vitamin C juice, basically you can put in there instead of, instead of orange juice. So yeah. And to add to that, you know, even talking about minerals, calcium is even a mineral that is so important to lower your parathyroid and prolactin, which are stress hormones. And if dairy is something that you are, you know, skipping on or not eating, and if calcium levels are not up to par, that's enough to keep your body in a state of stress as well. So this is why minerals are so important and why I'm so glad that Fallon just talked about that. Um, and then the third step would be to eat sugar. And, you know, one of our go-to quotes in the kind of metabolism community is stress is perceived as a need for more sugar. That's from Dr. Ray Pete again. And we just really can't talk about regulating and balancing blood sugar and stress hormones if you're not even eating sugar in the first place. Like if you're not even eating sugar, your, your body's preferred source of energy, we can't really talk about blood sugar balance because remember that sugar is stored as liver glycogen. And again, if those stores are low, the liver glycogen is low, stress hormones are what have to rise to provide that energy like I was talking about before. So not to sound like a broken record, but it's just so important. And when we are under more stress, like Dr. Pete says, our body needs more sugar. Um, this is why a lot of us crave sugar and crave like what, you know, I think diet culture might talk as like, you know, or describe as a bad habit of like junk food. But I, I truly believe we are just craving the sugar. So we really can't be skipping out on the very thing that our body needs to provide energy and to, and to keep our stress hormones at bay. So our preferred sources of sugar would be ripe fruit, um, fruit juices, prefer preferably pulp-free, um, raw honey, raw milk. These are all big favorites that Fallon and I consume on a daily basis, basically. They're so easy to digest, and that is why we love them, besides the fact that they are incredibly rich in minerals and nutrients and are just overall very um, balanced to have in your, in your day. Okay, so with those three steps out on the table, let's talk about what I like to call kind of withdrawal symptoms, because a cortisol addiction is interesting in that you very likely might experience some pretty unpleasant symptoms as you come down from that cortisol high. So fatigue, this is so important to talk about because someone might hear our podcast episode and go, okay, I'm going to go do all the things and feel so much better. And I'm going to start feeling better like next week. And then they feel worse. And then they cut their sugar back out or they go back to their coffee on an empty stomach because they felt so much worse when they started incorporating things that were actually supporting their hormones. Um, so in this specific case, it is actually extremely common and extremely normal to feel worse before you feel better. And in my Facebook group, we call it kind of the stress hormone crash. So when you're coming down off of that stress hormone high, which is pseudo energy, if we think about it realistically, you will most likely experience some sort of a crash. And this might last a little while. It might last days, it might last weeks, it might last months. It really depends on how long your stress hormones have been, you know, kind of the running force in your body. And like I said, it could just be totally normal and a good sign to feel like trash for a little while, to be honest. And I wish there was a prettier way to paint that picture, but it can be such a great sign of healing and moving towards safety. And then once you're getting past that, once you get over that hump, then you'll get this slow increase back up of steady and vital energy. There is a huge difference. One is kind of like alert and jittery and up and down and with crashes. And the other one is constant and calm and steady. And you will know the difference whenever you feel it.
Okay, so with this in mind, how do you know if you are back on track? Um, temps and pulses are one of the best ways to see how you're responding to stress because a cold body and markedly high or low heart rate is going to signal some major distress. So you want to be watching for your temperatures to come back into that good range of like at least 97.8 when you first wake up with increases throughout the day. And then you want your resting pulse to be in that like 75 to 90 beats a minute range. Um, and the great thing is you can easily and cheaply track both of these things at home, which is great because they really are like one of the best ways to assess your health. You don't need anything fancy for it. Like you need your fingers to track your pulse. You need a thermometer. Like that's really it. Um, otherwise, it's really as simple as monitoring your other metabolic markers. So like keep an eye on your digestion. Are you having comfortable bowel movements every day with no stomach discomfort? Are you falling asleep easily? Are you sleeping all night? Do you get up with energy? Are you not having to survive off of coffee, not having afternoon crashes? Um, does your hair feel strong and healthy? Is your sex drive healthy and present? Is your response to inconveniences and stressful situations measured and appropriate? And we're not looking for you to magically step into perfection with any of these, but you can definitely keep an eye on them and make sure they're improving because that's really the goal right off the bat. You know, healing can take months. It can take years. There's always going to be new stressors that arise. So we definitely don't want to cause more stress by stressing out about our health markers. Just keep an eye on them and be aware of what wins that you are seeing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love the part about not stressing out about health markers because in reality, I mean, Fallon, like how long would you say you've been on this journey until you've seen, you know, the majority of these markers reverse for the most part? Yeah. I mean, I've got one or two still that are still improving even. And I've been on this journey for a little over a year. Um, some things really did start to show improvement, like within the first few months. And then some things took more like nine to 12 months. So I think as long as you are seeing improvement, you really have to hang in there and just fine tune what you need and know that it will happen eventually. And of course, don't forget to consider how long have you been stressed out? I mean, you have to be aware of that because the length of time will definitely impact how long your healing journey will be. So like I, for example, was undernourished, honestly, for most of my life <laughs> before the past year or so, and was like full-blown, low-calorie restricted eating for a solid five years. So I'm still seeing things like my libido go up and down. You know, my mood stability is still changing a bit. And then as a family, we're in a super stressful season. So I can give myself grace there and know that like, okay, I've seen my body temperature rise, my pulse is stable, my hair has started growing more, my digestion got more consistent, my cycles are completely pain-free and regular, um, I sleep so well at night, and I feel like my immune system is really taking good care of me this year. So with that in mind, like, yeah, I have a couple things that I want to improve, but I can look at all of these wins that I've had, and I think that's what we have to do is balance out like, okay, this is what I want to see happen, but these are the wins that I've found so far. Um, so that's, that's encouraging. What, what about you, Corey? How long did you feel like it took for some of your stuff to start improving? Yeah, for me, a lot of my markers turned around fairly quickly at first, just considering that I didn't have a history of restricting calories or macronutrients. And so incorporating some simple food swaps, um, like, you know, incorporating dairy back in or incorporating simple sugars back in, um, that was enough to start seeing major improvements in my sleep and lack of afternoon crashes and my energy throughout the day and my mood regulation. Like it was crazy how much had happened when I just literally started changing the kind of carbs that I was eating. Um, but even years later, I am still dealing with things like mineral imbalances, even after five years of being off of birth control, um, which creates crazy mineral imbalances. And so I'm still dealing with an iron overload issue. I'm still working on it. Um, but the art of being able to trust the process and trust 
that you are on the right path while owning the choices that I have made, while owning the choices that you have made and being able to take responsibility for those um, and understanding that that is why you might need a lot more time before you see improvement. It is so important. It's just so important to own our choices and trust the process with that in mind. And then years down the road, even if your metabolic markers are fantastic, it doesn't mean that you're going to go the rest of your life in perfect health. You might have seasons of higher stress than others, like Fallon was talking about. You might go through a huge life transition or a job transition in which one of these metabolic markers might show up as not exactly optimal, you know, and we can just, we can just notice that and not judge ourselves or judge, you know, the markers. We can just notice them and sit with them and notice that our body is communicating with us and be thankful for that. And then get back on track, right? And if this is the first episode you're listening to, we do talk about the metabolic markers in depth in the second episode of season one. And I also have these listed in my free download, which is located in the show notes or in the bio of my Instagram. Um, But to wrap things up and in them here, we have just been so amazed to watch this community grow over the last few months and really watch this message of whole body and abundant healing continue to be shared and for lives to change and for so many women to step away from diet culture and change the way they talk to their children and change the way that they um, communicate about food and their bodies and their lifestyle. We're just incredibly um, blown away by it. So guys, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting the work in um, and starting conversations with your friends and families about the things that you are doing to invest in your health. I promise you are planting seeds for those who have ears to listen. And I'm just so excited. Fallon and I are both so excited to be a part of your health journey. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys in the next episode.